thank you, everyone, for coming out for the podcast and set. My guest this week is Mr. Chell Hernandez. Hi. Now, thank you. <laughs> Chell, I've... I met you, what, maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, you met me when I first started. Uh, I was at the IO Improv Intensive in 2005, and you were a teacher. Uh, I never took classes from you, but uh, my friend who also took classes from you is from Phoenix, Jackie Aaron. She uh, just uh, loved everything you taught, and so I heard a lot about you, too. Okay, and and, and then, so and you're out of Phoenix, right? Yeah, I'm out of Phoenix. All right, because um, let's see, about... Around that time, they started doing the uh, the PIF, right? Yeah, PIF actually started in 2000. PIF is Phoenix Improv Festival, and it was started by Bill Binder and uh, right. a, a group of guys. And uh, I was lucky enough to be when it started on its fifth year. So right now it's going to be PIF 16 in 2017, and I started on its fifth year. He's a great guy. I remember I, I think I had him out here, and he might have I might have seen him in Chicago too. Yeah, he is an improv enthusiast. Uh, he really uh, so Phoenix was a small community of uh, improvisers, and uh, he really was kind of like the flint that ignited everything because he learned how to do improv in college in Michigan, and then when he moved to Phoenix, he kind of was teaching everyone long form. Right. I mean, yeah, he was definitely a go getter. Yeah, he was. He you drove know. out here every weekend to take uh, I O classes. Right, I think that's probably where I had him. Yeah, because he asked me to go. I think do the first PIF. Oh, cool! I, I did a bunch of them. Did were you at the first one when it was at like the Paper Heart? It was like the small little building because now it's like this huge like theater, like three hundred seats. Right, but back then it was like in a little. I think I was, but I would have to check. I would. I, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and those guys and you you were part of that. I remember everyone there always did such a great job at taking care of everyone who came out. Uh, that's just a great festival. Yeah, well, Phoenix, we we really cared about the art form. It was so beautiful to us. You know, if you do it in Phoenix, there isn't really you you don't do it to get famous. You do it because you love it. And uh, people, you don't do it anywhere to get you famous. don't you don't. <laughs> okay, granted. <laughs> <laughs> But we, our community was so uh, enthralled by the art form that we wanted to treat anyone who came in from out of town uh, as they were, like these performers and these artists that we knew that they were. Yeah. And we, you and I were talking outside briefly, because I remember it cracked me up, because I had no idea. But one of those years when I went down there, I ran into B Bob Fisher. Yeah. And Bob, I was like, that's Bob fucking Fisher. <laughs> uh, Bob Fisher, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a player out of Chicago, who's, you know, kind of a legendary player. He predates me out of Chicago. Uh, and when I saw him, I was kind of like, what the, what the fuck are you doing in Phoenix? You're like a legend. Uh, but that's where, that's where he lives. Yeah. Know? Well, he's moved back to Chicago recently. Oh, really? We lost him. Yeah. The Phoenix community lost him. But oh, I didn't know. You, we, we didn't talk about it. I didn't realize he'd, he'd moved back to Chicago. Yeah. He's in Chicago now. But Bob Fisher was like uh, in improv, in Phoenix improv. He was like the hot girl everybody wanted to be with. <laughs> we're like, whoa. We, we loved Bob Fisher because he's just like his ideas were so advanced and they were so cool. Everybody wanted to take a class with him. Everybody wanted to play with him. Because he was just at this level that we couldn't fathom at, at, uh, at our level. So. Yeah, I remember. I, th I think I saw him do something like when I was in high school or something, and he was wow. doing like improv. This is way before it became anything organized or, or heralds or anything like that. It was just 
I think he was doing something down at the University of Chicago. And so I think Sue Messing was in the same show. Wow. Uh, and I was like, wow. Those, and then I saw him in Coed Prison Sluts, which he fucking killed in. Mm-hmm. And that's that just one of those things where just like, this is one of, I, I see him. I'm like, <laughs> you remind me of when I fell in love with this shit. Uh, and he's one of those guys that I just, I've always really admired. Uh, so you guys were l- very lucky down there to have him for as long as you did. We were extremely lucky. Uh, we would hold auctions for the Phoenix Improv Festival, and one of the items was get to play with Bob. And so, like that, shot up like really fast, <laughs> as it should. Uh, so, who did you wind up aside from Bob? Who I'm sure you got to at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who were your, who was your major influence out of out of Phoenix? Out of Phoenix, uh, in terms of improv, it you were there. I mean, you, you, you was, live here in Los Angeles now. I've been here for two and a half years. Um, you started about eleven years ago, you said. Yeah, I started in two thousand five, and I uh, stayed there until two thousand twelve. And uh, I really looked up to the Galapagos guys, which was Jose, Bill Binder, um, uh, John Jamark. Taught all those guys. Taught them. Wow. Uh, <laughs> they. That's so weird because when they make moves, they're like, Miles taught us this. <laughs> Uh, so As everyone should. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait till our show. Anyone who pretends should give me credit. <laughs> I think you deserve that credit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a great crew. Yeah, they were a killer crew. They were so supportive too of the community because when my first show, they were actually at like they were just like, let's go support this new thing. So right, that's yeah. great. Uh, and now you're out here, and you said you, you just finished the Second City program? Yeah, I graduated from the conservatory in April, and now I'm over at I.O. doing main stage. Uh, and with you're on a Herald Pocket. team already. Yeah, with Pockets. Which is pretty fucking great. Have, have, have you done the I.O. training center? Uh, yes, I finished. That was the first place I went to. Where oh, you I, went there first. I didn't know I, I met B.O.C. there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ryan O'Connell. Yeah. Who teaches here. Yeah. Uh, that's great. You're, 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 so you're already on a Herald team. Mm-hmm. You're doing shows every week, right? Yeah, 8 p.m. Tuesdays. 8 p.m. Tuesdays, people. <laughs> that's, that's a nice plug. You uh, Don't edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we edit out all plugs. Uh, <laughs> and it just becomes a monologue of me by the end. Uh, that's great. So what are you looking to do next? What am I looking to do next? Yeah. Uh, I love this art form so much, so uh, I'm looking to learn more as much as I can. So like, I want to come here. I want to take classes. I want to go to UCB. I want to take classes. I just I want to learn and I want to get better. That's like my ultimate goal is just to go on stage, fail, learn from it, and get better. Learn from people, fail, get better. Like I love that. That's part of what makes it beautiful is like you'll find plenty of failure uh, because it's it's built in that's what we do every night is we 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 fail in some ways so that we can learn and grow yeah that uh, seems to be my pattern in life <laughs> that's everyone's pattern okay good in life. <laughs> good i would hate to meet the guy who's just like nope never failed at anything ever my life's just perfect it's like really arrow from nowhere yeah the heart Asshole. um all right, uh, let's see. I don't know what else to talk about. We've talked, That's okay. We've, we've I'd like to ask problem. you a question. Oh, really? Yeah. When you first moved out here, were you doing theater stuff, or did you have like a shitty job? Like, how did you support yourself when you first moved out here? I moved out here because I was I was chasing uh, a girl. You're chasing your wife. It was about a girl. Uh, I was chasing the woman who became my wife. So when I moved out here, I I had a place. You know, to land. Yeah. Um, and she basically has been able to, you know, support me through all my uh, uh, endeavors. That's cool. Uh, 
So I, I never had, I haven't had to have a shitty job out here. I've had shitty jobs in my life. Yeah. Uh, but when I got out here, you know, I just, I married extremely well. Oh, nice. Uh, I should have did that. <laughs> yeah. You blew it. Uh, when I first That's moved out, when I first moved out here, I worked at the, uh, just food for dogs. Um, which is a dog packing store. Mm -hmm. uh, it was $9 an hour. And uh, it was the worst job ever. Uh, I, when I first went in there, I thought I wouldn't have anything in common with anybody because they were all from Compton and uh, they shipped people from Compton up to that Just Foods for Dogs. And I was like, I don't know anybody. This is going to be stupid. And I ended up becoming such great friends with these people that I didn't know at all. So it was a good job. Yeah. Well, it was people-wise, not, not yeah. the boss. The no. boss is a... I'm going to get sued for being a libel. Is that what the word is? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody listens to this. Oh, good. I, everybody. He walked in one day and he's like, Miles is my favorite. This is what I learned. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I just, you know, moving out to L.A. was was tough, but I'm really happy with, with the experience that's happening so far and all the people that I've met. You find a better job? Yeah. I, I work better job now, yeah. Uh, my friend helped me get this one job at a design firm. So right now I'm a project coordinator. So oh, that's cool. Like, that, is that creative, basically? I mean, yeah, I get to have input on uh, certain things. So uh, I got the job because uh, on Facebook they have a group and they were looking for an After Effects artist. And I submitted to this guy and he chose me and we worked together for like six months. And then after that he helped me get a job through his friend at this design firm. So That's very cool. Well, I'll... I'll ask you a question again. Okay. And we'll, we'll take turns. Okay. Uh, no, but just think, because again, since it, it, it never occurred to me, the answer, I mean, the answer I just gave you, I was like, wow, that's actually true. Like I had sh a lot of, I, I had enough shitty jobs in my life, but when I got out here, uh, I was so looked out for by my, my wife. I never really had to have a shitty job. Uh, I, I was always able to make enough teaching or whatever. So I, I would ask you, uh, is how do you find 11 years in? Do you, do you, I mean, do you find uh, the skills you have at improv or translate in, in, into your work at all? Well, I have a lot of anxiety in terms of public, so I, I don't like to push myself out there. I, have, I had low self-esteem for a long time. Um, so for me, I would always just take the job that I had or the circumstance that I was in. So uh, I did uh, pack dog food. I was a telemarketer, a really shitty one. Um, I did that. You did that one back in the day. I did some. I, I did some telemarketing. Oh man, it was so horrible. One time, I called this old dude. I was supposed to sell him like school. I was like, sign up for school, but I felt so bad. I just ended up talking to him for an hour because he was so lonely. <laughs> oh God! I know, and I didn't want any other telemarketer to call him. So I was like, I'll block your line. <laughs> but that's actually great in a way too. I mean, because I, I bet that was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. He was from Memphis, which is the uh, murder capital of the United States. So that was is a great it, conversation. Is it Memphis? I think that's what he was telling me. All right. This was back in 2008, so. I think they probably got changed. some competition. Now. Oh, you got competition now? Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, just reminds me of back, I, I used to sell, just very briefly, a friend of mine who I knew in high school started a business uh, called BTI, and I used to sell, first he hired me as a salesman to sell office phone equipment, basically. Mm -hmm. And so you'd telemarket to get a chance to go in. Yeah. And I was actually, I was 19. And I was very good on the phone because my voice has always been deep, right? So I sound like I sound like a man. Oh wow! Uh, and I'd be <laughs> on the phone, and I, I knew the product, and I sounded like a man, and I'd, I'd get meetings. Mm -hmm. But then I'd show up, all 19 years of me, 
and there'd be some adult man, you know, behind a desk going, I'm supposed to give you $18,000 for this phone system? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, so it became pretty obvious they just used me on the phones and someone else would go someone. out and, and close, uh, which sucks because that's where the money is. Yeah. In the actual closing of the deal. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of one of the things I did, which got me a lot of leads once I was stuck to the phones. You get so bored. So bored sitting on the phones. Yeah. Well, I decided to call, like, who would want a new phone system? And so I called every church in Chicago. <laughs> I figured, you're a fucking church. You want a new phone system? Uh, I don't know what got me there mentally, but I was fucking right. Because these people in church are like, yeah, we need a new phone system. We, we deserve a phone system. Yes, you do. I'm going to send someone out there who's much older than I, who, who looks like I sound. That's hilarious. I actually... I actually used a church uh, to fuel one of my telemarketing things, too. I worked for Mullen Immunizations, which is the Walmart shots place. You get flu shots. Right. And they were looking for nurses in a certain area, so we had to end up calling everywhere. And I ended up finding out that if you call a church, they're more likely to help you in facilitating what you want to do in that area. So right. I just ended up calling churches in the areas that we needed nurses. And everyone was like, yeah, helpful. I will help you. So it's good. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was I was doing that long before I started to try and improvise. Uh, so I, I haven't had a lot of jobs where I got to see like my improv training turn into something that was part of this crappy job. Mm. Uh, so anything else like that where you're just like, here, I mean, you're saying it, it helps with the steam. Yeah. Right. Uh, anything else you notice like as far as like in in dealing with other people or I think improv has taught me to be intuitive so I'm able to uh kind of predict the things that people need in, in terms of how I play and what I take from it uh, I'm able to look at someone and, and be like oh they they need something like that's something that right away clicks for me and I think I learned that from improv because in improv you have to read everything and you're taking right. in all this information so for me, it's like learning how to read people on stage really does uh, help me out in the real world when I read people in, in the real world. It's funny to me because it's so much easier at times for me to read people in the real world because they're not trying to be anything other than who they are. Yeah. Right? They're just yeah. like, they're having an honest to God reaction. And, I'm, and if you're paying attention, like, oh, you're that. Or, oh, you want this. Mm-hmm. That's a great. That's a great thing to point out as far as one of this how the how the skills can translate to that, because um, again on stage sometimes someone's like they they might want one thing mm-hmm. but for some reason they're acting completely different than the thing they want, <laughs> and then it's like I don't know how to fucking read you. Yeah. Uh, what do you do in those situations when you're in those scenes? Something funny. Okay. <laughs> I just go, all right. Let me write that all down. Right. I can't read you. Time to reach into my bag of funny. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's just, usually you can read something. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Because, you don't, you know, some people, like in life and on stage, you get more in the moment mm-hmm. than you need. Uh, but all you really need is something, something small. Yeah. That you can find to be in agreement about mm-hmm. uh, and then build off that. Yeah. Uh, That's why I've said it a bunch of times uh, on the podcast and in class. I, it's one of the first lessons I explain is a lot of, because I'm sure you remember when you were first starting, most improvisers when they start out know just enough to fuck up a scene. Yep. Uh, because they're trying. 
as opposed to someone in life isn't trying to improvise. They're just improvising mm-hmm. all the time because that's what we're doing every day, yeah. all day, uh, representing who we are, getting what we want, expressing our thoughts and ideas to those around us in order to facilitate our lives. So we're doing it all the time. And then when you get on stage, you start to pretend mm-hmm. and you start to say, I got to do something that ain't me. <laughs> uh, and then you know just enough to fuck up that scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to just relaxing and what the hell would you say next? I know when I first started, uh, it was one of the scariest experiences because you, you, I did the IO summer intensive. So you would do six hours of classes and then at night you'd go to all the shows. And at the shows you'd be like, how are they doing what they're doing? And then when you go to classes, you would just be like, I'm trying to do what they're doing. And it's not until later that you learn that the power really is in how you really react and what you read from the other person and how how you just take that information and then add upon it. And I didn't learn that until probably when I first started moving out here and started going through classes was just kind of like, just rely on yourself to whatever you naturally respond with. That's the correct response. That's exactly what it is. And to me, how that comes about when someone starts, the fact is they don't know a lot yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what happened like before I came up with all the lessons that I teach, I did years of just sucking. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but then learning a little bit each week and coming back and doing it again and doing it again. And then after time, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my instincts were different. Yeah. Because I had accumulated all this experience that actually changed the way I reacted to something. I was informed by all that experience, right? So now it it became second nature. Whereas people try and force that. They try and say, oh, here's the lesson. I'll just use the lesson and now it'll be great. And it's like, no, the lesson has to become second nature. It has to become part of you. You have to learn all those lessons mm-hmm. and then basically take a step back from them and be you. Yeah, uh, I agree. Which that's exactly what you were just saying. Do you remember the the worst time you failed on stage? The worst time? Or or just one of like the most so memorable experiences that you had? Like where you just like, this isn't going anywhere. Well, I remember the first two heralds I did, I didn't speak in. <laughs> I stood in the back line for the entire fucking show. <laughs> took a bow. That's back when we stood in the back line for the Herald. I stood yeah. in the back line for the entire show, took a bow, went out and thanked my parents for coming. <laughs> it's like, this, is, this is what I'm doing. I'm a crazy improviser holding up that back wall. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't get it. I remember the, the second show, again, talk about baby steps. Yeah. The second show, and, and a hero is a, is a piece where you have an opening, yeah. where you do a pattern game with physical. You'd think I could say a fucking word somewhere in there, <laughs> but I couldn't. I was just silent. I moved with, I just copied, all right, we're all doing this, fine. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't get a word in. I was just, I was, everything seemed beyond me. But the second show, I played a hooker in the background, Whoa. <laughs> which consisted of me posing against the wall, uh, and then someone saying, "Yeah, basically saying, look, that's a hooker." And I was like, "Yes." In my mind, I was like, "Yes, I am." <laughs> so that—that's the secret. <laughs> that, that night, I did something, and it was in the third show, I finally fucking spoke. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know. And beyond that, like every show I've ever done, I can look at and say, well, here's where I failed. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm fine with that because to me, 
I've never done a perfect show. I don't think anyone's ever done a perfect show. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if they say they have, fuck them. Uh, cause I, don't, I don't think you can do a perfect show because you, you're going to fail, right? And there's, to me, it's as, it's as easy as there's no show I can't look at. And you see players doing this all the time where they come off stage, they're talking to each other. Like, oh, what about this? Or we could have done that, right? Or, oh, we forgot to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always at least something usually many things you can look back and say, Oh, I could have done this, could have done that to me. Like that's part of the fit. Fa- that's failure. Yeah. Right. But it, 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 it's, it's not failure. Like, like you getting an F on a test. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the opportunity to learn is in every show. Yeah. I've never done a show. Where I, again, where I could say, yeah, that was, that was perfect. My favorite times are talking to the team afterwards and, and calling back those moments that could have come because they do open up new, new ways of thinking for you where you're just like, oh yeah, that does connect. So if those, those, if that planets align again, you can look for those connections. Yeah. Cause this is all what comedy is. It's just making connections between two different things. And, and, and the thing that's so cool about improv is you're just always learning. There's always new connections and you're always just, you're looking forward and, 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 and it just feels like the, what you have is like the world's so small, but like when you see professionals do it, like you, uh, you just see like the, they got like fucking the, the roadmap to the whole United States and you're just like, how are they doing that? Well, it's, got, well, it's just years and years of accumulating familiar, you know, connections that become second nature. Yeah. Uh, and then again, stepping back and being, being willing to just be in the moment and go with whatever the fuck comes next. When you were getting better at this, well, hold on a second. Oh. Hold on, I'm gonna step back. Just, just, just a small step back. You said I'm a professional improviser. Uh, <laughs> to me, what the fuck is that? A professional improviser because it ain't someone who's getting paid uh, to improvise. Very rarely in my life have I ever been paid to improvise. Uh, I thought you said, I was like, am I, because in, in my mind, I was like, am I a professional improviser? You are. But what does that mean? If, if, I, if I was a professional race car driver, that means I would drive a race car professionally. I mean, is, is there a circuit that well, I got to play on that makes me a pro? Or? Yeah, I think what, what you're doing is you're doing pro level shit all the time. And what I mean by that is as a professional improviser, you're really devoting yourself to the art form and you want people to get better. You want them. You're not stopping. For me, a professional improviser doesn't just stop at this level and be like, I'm done. They're always pushing for more. They're always pushing to see what they can do more of. And what you're doing is is you're doing that and you're giving that to the community, which I think is is one of the coolest things that someone can do. All right. Well, not, now you're just saying nice things. I was trying to say something. <laughs> I was just trying to think. I think it's odd. I just, I just don't think I would ever consider myself a professional improviser. I would just – and that's something I would – like even the best improvisers I know, it wouldn't cross my mind to say that person's a professional improviser, uh, which I, is fine. I think professionalism then is the respect for what you're doing. I think that there is like you bring professionalism to a job. Like there are people who are professional improvisers who respect what they do and, and they treat the stage as like this beautiful thing and then they go away. And to me, that's right. that's professional. That's, yeah, that's a different definition of this is becoming just semantic. That's, that's like another definition <laughs> of, of to be professional. Like yeah. You act professionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Great. Let's get the fuck away from that. You were about to say something. Uh, I've had bad times on stage is what I was going to say, too. Um, one time we were doing short form for this crowd. It was New Year's party. Uh, it was uh, it was a senior living center, and it was eight p.m., which is their New Year's. And uh, so, 
we were bombing really hard on stage and we ended up playing this game called Half-Life. And in Half-Life, you perform a, a scene for a minute and then you do it again in 30 seconds. So we did the scene for a minute and I remember going, I was the coach at the time, I'd be like, okay, who wants to see that again? And then from the back, you hear, nobody! <laughs> and you just- That's a professional that's, heckler right yeah, there. <laughs> That's why he's in there. <laughs> I, I think you just, you learn from those experiences and those war stories that you have and you share with friends. Like for me, that experience didn't, that one position didn't fail. It was like, oh, the energy throughout the whole show was just, ugh. And you can pinpoint from the exact moment when we entered the stage that like, it wasn't going to be a good show. So I remember Sharna got the family to do some radio show and we had no idea. I mean, we, we did not prepare. I mean, we, we were going to improvise on the radio. We did nothing to prepare for this. There was no real thought to it. But we wind up on this radio show. And, like, we hadn't thought about just, just talking and improv. Because improvs can be so visual as well. You know, your characters and everything. And so we, wind, we start trying to improvise in the studio just sitting there. And we had never tried that. I, I now know that it's, it's a doable thing. Yeah. Right? Uh but basically it's just going terribly and we're on the radio you know and so people start calling in with questions like what's it like to suck (laughs) it's like all right this this is great this is a great experience i'm having here today oh man uh one figure out how to do improv on the radio (laughs) in case this ever fucking happens again i always get nervous at new stages and i always have one really bad show at stages like the io main stage my very first show was a jam and i remember it i was like this is the worst show ever done uh we were in the poop olympics and i had to poop on a guy's mouth so i was like squatting over him while his mouth was open (laughs) and i just remember being like i hate myself right now (laughs) but it's <laughs> it's just it's just why i mean because i'm sorry because to me you said the poop olympics and i'm like i'm good with this <laughs> uh but then like why why do i have to poop in a guy's mouth at the poop olympics i i think because there was i wish it, you know what it is it, it it's like when you feel by yourself and like if 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 other teammates were like this is the poop olympics let's do this and they're like 15 people doing poop olympic stuff at the same time i'd be like yeah poop olympics but like i was by myself with this other guy and i was just like looking down at him like i'm so sorry i'm pooping in your mouth right now i just i felt i felt so scared and i feel like <laughs> i don't poop in people's mouths uh but I, I i felt i just i felt so scared and i think that that's one of those things that you have to get used to is being alone sometimes. And how do you get over that? That's funny to me. Cause like, that's one of those things where like, I think a lot of times on stage what happens, and I'm sure this is what happened to you on that particular night. It's like, all right, we're doing grosser and grosser things. Uh, so let's just keep doing this. Cause to me, again, I heard the poop Olympics and I, and I was thinking, wow, what, what must go into that? <laughs> right? Like, wh- what are they eating? <laughs> right? Like, how, how do they, how would you do that? Because to me, trying to come up with like a reasonable way for that to be a thing, mm-hmm. that's interesting to me, no, no matter how ridiculous the idea, but just sitting there, I'm going to, I'm going to poop in someone's mouth. All right. Now, all right. Now we've gone. Somewhere. <laughs> I, I think you're right. You're, you're finding the funny and, and, and what it takes to get to that level. And I automatically passed that part and was like, we're going to do that sick thing that everybody doesn't want to see. Hey, don't, Hey, we all do that. Uh, 
I have I am as guilty as anyone where when you know have you pooped on someone on stage? In my time, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh not in their mouth though, sicko. <laughs> uh no. Yeah, because we I mean I think in improv, because that's sort of like a blue thing. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's a gross thing, and there are elements of of, of those or that uh, that I think have to be allowed for. Uh, it's a it's also a, it's a level of silliness, mm-hmm. um, and to me, I would I would never want to take that freedom out of improv. I mean, there are things you strive for, and pro- strive for, and one of the things I strive for is to oh yeah, if I'm doing a show, I also want to have you know fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if something silly's happened, I'm absolutely willing to commit to the gross, silly thing that's fucking going on. Uh, and sometimes it's like, all right, that was too far, or that was too much this. Uh, but again, each time that happens, it becomes the lesson. Yeah, It's like, all right, that was pushed too far. Uh, and there's some forgiveness in that in improv, I believe, because it's in the moment. Uh, it, it wasn't like... You, it wasn't like you had the opportunity to go like, all right, I revised this idea about pooping in your mouth. I've been working on it for a few days now. And I think if I squat over your mouth, uh, you know, it, it's a moment that just sort of happened. And as you said, you're in that moment, actually, in your mind, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this is happening. Why am I doing this? And I'm sure you came off that show thinking, I'm not going to poop in someone's mouth for a long time on stage. Yep, uh, And that's... That's the the fucking lesson of that night. Yeah, but how cool uh, that is! How you this is going to be so hard not to do something like this in the show tonight? Poop in your mouth, Uh, (laughs) just because we keep talking about it. Uh, It's in the air. It's well. That's one of the things in in improv. Is like, what's the last thing in your mind? No, that during like doing this, you do a podcast and you do the set. The Mm -hmm. last thing that was in my mind was the conversation we had. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's. Let's try and move away from the Poop Olympics for a little bit. Let's do a set. <laughs> I got scared. You get scared like that all the time, little bitch. <laughs> Everyone kept shooting me. Like I'm, I'm, I look, I'm, I'm covered in laser tag. Is what they're supposed to do. <laughs> well, I was, I was getting hit by paintballs. Right? I don't know what, what the fuck was going on. Uh, you got hit by paintballs, man? Well, look at me! You, you look you look colorful. I just... I didn't... I, didn't, I got someone fucking brought a paintball gun and just fucking lit me up in there. Why didn't you just follow me? I didn't get hit by paintballs. I told I you... Ducked. I fucking ducked. I laid down and covered my head. You know, when I'm leaving... You're gonna have to be the man of the house. You can't be this little bitch. Why do you have to leave? I gotta go to college, man. You go to the, you know, the local college. Local college is for pussies. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's for pussies. Yeah, that's why I'm going out of state, man. I'm going to Arizona State. <laughs> Some devils. <laughs> Yeah, pussies. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Tom. Just say it. What? Just say it, man. Say pussies again? What? (laughs) 
<laughs> I said it like four times. What? Uh.
Right. We go east. Who east? Yes. Yes. I bet there's a place east where we can go straight through everything. Yes. We'll be there faster than them, of course. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Play it cool. All right. <laughs> Turn the boat a little bit. Where's that palm tree? Palm tree. <laughs> 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 
Isn't there normally a bomb tree in the office? Sam, your blow dart gun's missing too. I'm going to, what the what the fuck is going? That's a collect oh man. You alright, Sam? I know you went to Africa, you got that gifted for me from a shaman. For me? Thank you. Machine. That really just covers all the orifices on your face. 
Don't have that to would see. do it. That would do it. That, that's better than sewing my mouth shut. I think. I know I, that initial idea of yours was actually out of this world. I didn't expect it. <laughs> I thought we were negotiating. Okay. I'd start with a big crazy idea and we'd work our way back down to a basic mask. Do you want to do like a half sew and then a half CPAP machine? It's a good compromise. <laughs> <coughs> Going off to college, huh? Yeah. By the way, that was me who totally fucking paintballed your little brother. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was me. I did that. And every day you're gone, I'm gonna fucking paint my little brother. You better not. You're the principal of high school. <laughs> yeah, so what? You think so what? You think I can't also beat up my little kid? You uh, think treating kids bad, that's gonna help them? Huh? Someone's gonna make them tough. His older brother ain't doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing a great job at it, too. Really? Yeah. How many times does he, does he say pussy every day? After I ask him at least four or five After times. After you ask him? He says it, though. I'm going to light him up every day. Every day you're gone, I'm going to light your little brother up with paintballs. You better not. Or what? What are you going to do? You're going to be away at Arizona State. Hmm? Huh? What? What was that? Is that something? That's something you're gonna do? Is that something you're gonna do? Hmm? I'm waiting for you to say something. Are you gonna say something? <laughs> the fuck just happened. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, Mom. Thanks. I, I could have done that by myself. I heard what he fucking said. You, you can leave. You can, I'm going to take care of this. Thanks, Mom. I, I, I could have done that on my own. I know you could have. I'm not worried about it. Right now, you should, you should probably just be on your way. Shouldn't you be at work? I'll go back to work if you want. Looks like someone, someone needs their mouth shit in. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We'll just keep going 
East. East, east. Well, we can't go there's land. Well, what about north? I let's go north. let's go a little bit back out. Okay. And then come back east. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna find a way around this. I we think, shouldn't have split up with those ships. No, we're gonna find a shortcut. We are. We're gonna make history. Okay. <clears throat> so head directly back east. Okay. For one day. And then we'll turn around. I'm going and head west again. West again. Okay. Eventually, this land will have to move. Yes. We'll find a new land. <laughs> <coughs> ah! No land there! No! <laughs> One day! That way! One day this way! You got it, Fernandez! Do you ever think when we signed up with Christopher that it, it, do you think it would be like this? <coughs> I thought there would be more to it. Oh, yes, all right. <laughs> yes, 
guess I knew it. <laughs> Tired always takes me. Ooh, ah, ah, oh, oh, ah, ah, oh, oh, ah, ah.
seems like it's cramped for two people. My roommate goes home on the weekend. So, that... Aren't you supposed to be at work? <laughs> I'll go back in just, just a minute. <laughs> over the phone. So, enjoy college. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta sign you out. <laughs> Is that how it works? It seems unnecessary. <laughs> hey, hey. You gotta man up. Yeah. Alright? You're the only you're the only man I have in my life right now. No, no. <laughs> Kids, I'm gonna hug them all. Woo! You get the fuck out of here. What? I hate you. I brought bedtime stories and cookies. Oh, you are not a man. I did not marry a man. Natalie, I love you. Oh, my books. <laughs> you did that. No. Natalie, I love get you. Get the fuck off. Oh, I hated him. I hated him. He was a horrible man. <laughs> Two grand a semester. This? 
Oh, for a semester? Yeah. Oh, okay. Four grand total. Yeah. This time around. What? I'm gonna sign her out. All right. I see your ID and your ID. I'm just a dark one. That that was fun. <laughs> Where's Natalie? Where is she? <coughs> Pick up my last check. Fucking find her. Is that is that palm tree moving? <laughs> is that palm tree moving? Just, oh my god, it's moving. Holy shit, the palm tree's moving. Or is it? Oh. This isn't the bathroom. What? <laughs> You were using this palm tree as a bathroom? Uh, <laughs> please hang out if you